Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Sharing the Magic. I am your ghost host, Barry, and tonight we have an interesting guest, and um, she'll be soaring into your life by the time the end of this episode uh, is over with. But before we introduce her, let's go ahead and introduce our co-hosts. We have the man, the lift, you know... Everyone loves him, and we're glad he's back. Jeff, our goofy dupe, how are you doing yeah, tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in you, you dropped some uh, some wordplay there, and I'm like, oh, sorry, soaring. Mm, I want to know what that's about. But uh, yeah, I, they call me the goofy dupe. I love goofy. Gorge. Well, I am happy to be here. <laughs> okay, now. And uh, I, I just thought, I'm happy to meet our guest. Yeah. <laughs> there you All go. Right. All right. We, we love it. We love it. All right. And next we have she's rebel scum and proud of it. Tara. Tara, welcome back. How you doing? Thank you. I'm good. I'm glad to be back and ready to interview our wonderful host this evening. I'm looking forward to it. And I missed you guys, so I'm happy to be here. Awesome. All right. And we got the real lady divine, Lindsay. Lindsay, how you doing? Doing good. All right. We'll fill that in later. No problem. I'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got it. We got it. No worries. Yeah. All right. So our guest began her role as Tinkerbell in Disneyland's nightly fireworks show in 1983 and continued until her retirement in 2005. Her performances were a cherished part of the park's entertainment Captivating audiences with Tinkerbell's magical flights. And we wanted to introduce our guest tonight, Gina Rock. Gina, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we're glad you're here. So, Gina, let's jump right into it. Why don't you tell us about how um, how you got your love of Disney? It, it actually started when I was very young and my brother was teaching me gymnastics and I fell in love with it. And so I just kind of paraded around the house doing cartwheels and handstands. And of course, always after dinner, my parents were furious with me. It's like, wait a minute, you just ate. Why are you jumping around the house and <laughs> doing gymnastics? And so that's what I was doing a lot of. I was very athletic and mom was a swimming teacher and they liked to hike my parents. And so we were all pretty we were an athletic family so i um i was at high school just getting about six 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 eight months before i was going to graduate and bob yerkes came into the gym where i was tumbling i was on one of the first girls gymnastics teams um way back in the 70s before they realized that that was a legal nightmare um so oh. I, was a, I was a gymnast and tumbler, and he walked in with a troupe of um, teeterboard artists. And he, he saw me tumbling, and he said, hey, what do you think about trying this? And I said, okay, <laughs> every, every kid's dream come true, right? So I jumped on top of his shoulders. He threw me up there and didn't really give me a choice and, you know, had me stand on the teeterboard with the belt and... He stated to me, 
well, I live in Reseda. Do you, where do you live? And I said, well, I live in Reseda. And he said, well, we have all the rigging in our backyard. So what do you think about coming over and trying it out? I'm like, yeah, when? <laughs> I'll be there now. <laughs> so, yeah, stuntmen and circus people and just a yard full of rigging everywhere. High falls, flying trippies, single trippies, trampolines, Russian swings. I mean, it, it was filled with, you know, a yard full of fun little toys, you know, that were dangerous. So, of course, that piqued my interest. And next thing I know, I'm going up there every weekend. And my parents were like, oh, no. <laughs> Dad was a nuclear physicist at Lockheed. Oh, wow. So we're we're talking about um, you know, my kids are going to college and I was headed in a different direction. <laughs> so that's what started it. So you mentioned doing all the gymnastics. So were you were you uh were you gymnastic um a gymnast, I guess, uh all through all through your life before doing this? You you mentioned doing it um, you know, at your at your home, were you doing it outside as well, uh, with with a group or with um, some of your friends? So actually, I started out. My mom put me in ballet probably at the age of five. Me and uh, my best friend across the street, we we took ballet, and that's where I developed the form and the elegance to be able to carry that into an aerial world. So it was very disciplined, as you know, ballet is intensive. I think I did it from about five years old till I was about 12 or 13. And then my best friend got pegged to go to the Juilliard School in New York, and I had not made it that far. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I was pretty disappointed, and I actually went with her to New York to uh, to try out and Long story short, I dropped out of ballet because I was so disappointed. I took up guitar. <laughs> I still continued with the gymnastics. In fact, I joined that that troupe uh, at at high school. I was asked to to be a gymnast, and I was a tumbler. And of course, I, I came from a household full of intelligence, and my father being really bright and expecting his kids to go to college. So, you know, they got nervous about it, and rightfully so, because I ended up meeting some a circus troupe that was looking for somebody to join their act, and I was just turning 18. Mm. So, yes, running away with the circus with permission. <laughs> awesome, though. That's a cool story. <laughs> I, love, I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's, really, it's really cute. It's usually the other way around, right? <laughs> you don't have permission. I mean, I've ran. I, I was run away from the circus. The circus wouldn't even have me. They just kicked me right back out. So I just, I'm here now. So ah, they said, ah, we're good. We're good. That's why I'm doing podcasting you. now. They're like, look, you're not good enough for the circus. Let's just let's just do podcasting. No. Well, I think you could have. You definitely could have joined clown college. No <laughs> I, I mean, rodeo clowning was my life dream, and then I just, you know. I ended up uh, just being where I'm at, but you know, <laughs> it's all good. Um, I I was reading at about the age of three, 
and I was reading about people's lives and and you know traveling through people's lives through books and I yeah. I knew right away when I was young I was reading all the time and I knew I wanted my life to be interesting by the time I reached 11 and 12 I had already been daydreaming about some kind of adventure I was going to go on so I think it was my mom w was insisting that we all read at an early age and I believe that that was the greatest benefit for me yeah yeah my my wife is a librarian. So oh, yeah, yes. so she is when I met her, you know, I, I'm a reader too. I read. I'm always, no matter what week it is, I have a stack of books. And and uh, me and her both read a lot. I read more, you know, how to improve your life sort of stuff. She reads a lot more of of narratives and, and stories. And I'm I'm always jealous of her because I think I think um what she reads is far superior than what I read. And, yeah. uh, and I think it's, uh, there's a saying I have is story shapes life. You know, I was just going to say that too, Jeff. You yeah. always, yeah. That's I always say it all the time. Yeah. Story shapes your life. And I think, mm -hmm. I think when you, you're an avid reader um, and you, you know, and can, and continuously, you know, there, there's a deep empathy you have in books uh, that you read and, but it, it shapes your own life in ways that are profound and meaningful. And, and so when I hear you say that you were, you were that person from early on, um, I get that. I understand it. I think that's a wonderful quality. Yeah, I really thanked, you know, my parents are gone now, but I had a, a real appreciation for my mother. I actually hated ballet at some point, at one point, because it was so disciplined. But I later thanked her profusely for yeah. putting me in there because I never would have had the form that I had as an aerialist. Hmm. So the story it continues. I was approached in the backyard. <laughs> by a gentleman who was looking for a girl to join his act. And have you ever seen the motorcycle that drives up the wire with the trapeze underneath it? Okay, so that was the first, that was the act that he wanted me to um, to start doing with the, the, you know, performing with the family. And I think there's a story on, I've done so many podcasts, but there's a story about when I first started when I was in the backyard, he said, well, why don't we do a little audition? I said, okay. So he hung a wire between two trees that went on a 45 degree angle. Mm. And I climbed up this ladder and I put my head in a neck loop. <laughs> and I was, there was a trolley that went down and he goes, okay, so I want you to hang by your neck and let go. When I blow the whistle, grab the loop again. And I said, okay, <laughs> I'll go for it. <laughs> And he, so I said, look, you know, the parents are, are pretty strict and conservative. They, you know, college is yeah. supposed to be my life. Right. And he said, okay, well, talk to him and, and let me know. So, of course, I go home and, and my parents were not shocked. Yeah, we've been expecting something like this. We were hoping not, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I went and took my mom to the gentleman's house, um, and we talked with him for an extensive period of time. And when we left there, she goes, you're not going. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
But they, they already knew that I was going to do it. Yeah. I was going to say, what, what, did, what do you think they thought at the time? Like, they probably knew you were going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, my mom was was very open-minded as far as worldly. And and she wanted, she wanted her three kids to be artistic. So my brother was a cello player. Drove me crazy practicing green sleeves all day long. <laughs> And then my sister was an artist and still is. She is an artist. She is uh, currently alive. And I was a, the athlete. So mm -hmm. she wanted somebody to do something either at the symphony or get, you know, about have a ballet, ballerina in her family or, you know, some kind of artist that, you know, put up something in a, in a really great museum somewhere in New York. My parents were from Queens, Long Island. So That's where I'm she from. didn't get any of that. Oh, <laughs> she, she got a circus performer. Mm -hmm. and my... oh, cutting out, Gina. Yeah. But my sister this day makes incredible art. She had a lifetime of what she could do, whereas I can't anymore. Right. I couldn't. I, Hang by my neck and my feet. My head. We continue. <laughs> <laughs> but you have such a rich legacy, and and do you ever do you ever step back and 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 reflect on um, your contribution and what you've done and and? Well, actually, the contribution came to light when um, the gentleman who hired me to fly at Disneyland. Just wrote a book, Stan Fries, very, very famous trumpet player and musical director and talent booking agent at Disneyland. Everybody knew him. He was there for 47 years. So his book just came out, and I am in it. Uh, there's a picture of me riding the elephant, and then he talks about the audition. Of course, he narrated the audition totally different than the way it really went down. <laughs> so, so I sent him a, a one page of my recollection of the audition. It had nothing to do with, with the one he had. So that was interesting. Yeah. So. <laughs> Isn't that how life works sometimes? Like the recollection part. You're like, when someone accounts a, a story, you're like, is that what happened? Like, you know, and, and, well, I recommend the book. I mean, it, it's an incredible book. I'm going to read it. I'm going to buy it. I'm, I'm a sucker for this stuff. I'm like, just I'm, loves I'm, books. I'm a book person. I'm a book person. So anytime yeah, like Stan, that. Sam Fries is a very interesting gentleman. I, I didn't really get to know him other than what he did for me in, in my life, which is a lot. Yeah. But if you get a chance, read Music, yeah. Mayhem, and the Mouse, and it's fantastic. Right. And you can see that on my LinkedIn page. I put it up there and really honored him. And what an honor to be in his book. Yeah. He asked Joshua for that for the picture of me on the on the elephant. I found out that he had played with Ringling Brothers. Um when they had visited Anaheim and San Diego and areas in California, mm -hmm. he was doing that part-time. Wow. So he was there cool. when I was there in the 70s. Gina, yeah. is, there any, is there any new 
uh, like Disney character or, or um, you know, somebody else in the Disney world yeah, that you, that if that was somebody, you know, could be Elsa from Frozen. It could be I don't know anybody. Is there anybody else like if they were around during that time uh, where you, you know, um, you know, like like is there somebody new or think you would you would connect with? Um, back then? Well, I think if if you really look at the time that I spent at Disneyland, quite literally, I worked 24 seconds a day. Right. Between 24 and 28 seconds a day. My entire job was driving to the park for uh -huh. 65 miles, putting uh -huh. on a costume, going to the top of the Matterhorn, and literally flying between 24 and 28 seconds my mom worked it out. I worked about 12 minutes a year. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> you, honestly, you do I, what I you do, right? So like, yeah. you know, like helping people in the world at that time could actually do what you did, right? As a kid, I've always wanted that job. Like I always would see, you know, Tinkerbell flying across. Yeah. So yeah. I was first in amazing. I have a question. Tinkerbell what would happen if you were sick? What's that, Lindsay? Yeah. So I, the first time I saw Tinkerbell fly, Sorry, I went there. You're a third person that would. Oh, hold on, Lindsay. Hold on one second. All right, go go ahead, Gina, and then we'll get to Lindsay. No problem. So I went. You know the grad nights that they have. Yes. In June, mm -hmm. so there was a, a a gentleman that I was hanging out with, doing a little bit of dating at the age of sixteen. And his name was Mitch May. So if he ever listens to this, it was him. <laughs> he invited me to grad night and, and I went with him. He was well, he was about a year and a half older than me. Mm -hmm. And we go to grad night and we're walking down Main Street after we, you know, did our thing for grad night and had fun. And we're walking back down Main Street and he goes, turn around, turn around, you got to see this. <laughs> so, you know, I'm 16 years old and I turn around and he goes, watch what happens. And sure enough, there's Tinkerbell. I mean, in for a few seconds, right? And I said, oh my gosh, what an incredible job that would have that would be. Yeah. I would love to do that. I'll never forget that I said that. And he said, Well, yeah, it's a, it's quite a feat. So um, that was my first introduction to Tinkerbell. When you I was, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was 16. So. Wow. Um, I was going to, and, 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 and just springboarding off that question, this is burning me up. When you see Tinkerbell now, like, do you ever, do you look at Tinkerbell wherever you see her? You know, you probably run past by Tinkerbell a few times a year. Do you ever go like, I bet you still identify with that character. Like, that's me. Like, that. that's me. There's a part of that character that it will always be part of me. And um, do, do you feel that way? Or do you do you connect with that character? Well, actually, Joshua insisted on it. I, I actually did not pursue the idea of Tinkerbell after I retired. Okay. I mean, there wasn't any part of me that thought, okay, I'm not really done with this and I'm not going to be able to identify without it. 
Right. Although there was a gal in my life uh, that I used to talk to when I needed someone to talk to, and she said, you know, Gina, someday you're not going to be able to identify just without her as a character. Mm. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to be okay. But she was yeah. kind of concerned about it, and and I was pretty far removed. Um, I had already started college in 2003, so my head started going into the educational world. I knew that I was getting ready to possibly hang up my wings, so mm. to speak. And so I went to college and over the years, you know, Joshua has, when I met him online, I was going to USC taking geospatial intelligence and my mind drifted somewhere to Tinkerbell I don't know why. I put the science down for a minute. I thought, you know what? I'm going to look on Google and see if there's anybody who's written Tinkerbell articles lately. And that's how I found Joshua. He had written an article about Tinkerbell, and I got a hold of him, and he said, can I interview you? And I said, I guess. I had actually set up an interview when I, when I retired, I called the Orange County Register and I offered my story to a reporter. And she, yes, she set it up like two weeks after I retired and I did an interview with her. But after that, I didn't really think about it too much. I mean, it, it, of course, it was a big part of my life. But if it wasn't for Joshua, I don't know that I would have been so immersed in talking about it recreating it, living it. Um, I certainly did not want to be all over the internet and I ended up there. <clears throat> so yeah, um, good question, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're welcome. So so I think Lindsay might be a bit uh on a delay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I'm gonna ask her to unmute maybe and let's see if um Let's give let's give her the reins for a minute and see if uh Lindsay, are you there? Are you are you yeah, she's gonna restart. Start? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And uh Tara, if there's something before yeah. that you wanna ask. I just, and, yeah, and then, I just I just Lindsay, want to know. Um yeah, I just want to know, like, you know, being Tinkerbell, it's awesome. Did you face I just want to know like what kind of challenges did you face um playing that role? Um I know for one, like the height thing for me would be, but like, how did you, how did you like overcome, like, were you afraid of that at all? Or that didn't bother you? Like, were there any challenges for you? Oh, absolutely. I had a very healthy fear. Right. Um, the kind of fear that you're supposed to have, because if you don't, you usually get hurt. Right. So I never pushed myself when I was flying on the trapeze. I never pushed myself to do anything beyond my capability. And when I did, I actually did almost break my neck. For Tinkerbell, it was so different than trapeze because with trapeze, you have not, you don't always, you know, you rely on your strength and your timing. With Tinkerbell, it was more about getting into the mode of the character and being able to control the flight because of wind. So you had to be able to, I had to take all that aerial artistry that I learned mm -hmm. at the circus days and incorporate it into the Tinkerbell flight, which really helped. I think 
if I had not been an aerialist, it would have been very difficult for me. Right. I will say that the height, when I first flew, I flew in the daytime. When you're 160 feet up and you're oh. not watching fireworks and, and everything's dark and, you know, it's, you see how far up you are. And I, I had a very healthy fear okay. that first time I'll never forget flying in the day. So, yes, it's, uh, if you're not, then I don't know, you're either a daredevil or, or you know, you have a death wish. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know. And over time, it just got easier then, I guess, right? Like the more no, you I never did. Just, you I know, never every did. Every night that I flew, <laughs> I, I'm kind of a perfectionist. Right. So if you're going to fly in 24 to 28 seconds, you want it to be incredible. Absolutely. So I was my hardest critic. I mean, I would have a bad flight and the whole way home, 60, 65, 68 miles, I would be beating myself up because either my form wasn't good or I felt that I hadn't had a good flight. And so on the nights I did have a good flight, it was amazing. You know, I would drive but you're home always looking for ways. Face. Yeah. But you're always looking for ways to better yourself. Like absolutely every day. Every wow. flight. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it was an incredible opportunity. Let's face it. Um, when I found out about it, I was flying trapeze in Japan. And there was a gentleman there that who was married to the other Tinkerbell, Judy Kay. And I was flying in one of his circuses, and I had found out that Tinkerbell was not flying, but they were going to put her back. And I kept bugging him, what do I do? What do I do? And he said, I don't know. I think they're going to put her back, like, soon. And this was, like, 1981. And I said, okay, well, or 82. And as soon as I got back from Japan, I made a beeline for the park, and I went to Card Corner when it was Card Corner. And I said, hey, I hear Tinkerbell's going to come back. I said, I'm really interested in that job. Yeah. I have a lot of, I have a background in, in being an aerialist. And they said, yeah, they're actually going to put her back soon. Mm. And I said, well, what do I do? So they, they gave my name to the talent booking office, which was Stan Freeze. And I'm reading his book, and he's talking about how he's never really booked talent, but he was tasked with booking Tinkerbell. <laughs> so, you know, he'd been around aerialists quite a bit in his days of playing music with Ringling Brothers. But he, he talks about it in his book, and it's, it's fantastic, his, you know, talking about it, how he has to book Tinkerbell and so long story short, I'm getting ready to go to the discussion audition because, of course, they're not going to put me up on the wire because they hadn't even hung the wire yet. Mm. So he calls me into Disneyland. I bring a portfolio full of pictures, which is very much like my website with all the circus pictures. I have a, a, a big book of my history, and I bring that with me. And I'm also told on the phone before I even went there to bring a pair of tights and leotard because they wanted to make sure that I had the stature that they were looking for as Tinkerbell. <laughs> and I had been 
working out, working out and, and eating, it just, I, I got really small. I'm normally one, 119. I got down to 112. I was oh, wow. very, very slight and tiny. And um, I, I, looked the, I looked the part when I went. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's what happened. My, um, I was married at, I was married at the time or I engaged at the time and that the gentleman that I was engaged with and the father of my two children, he had been a trapeze artist. He caught his brother on the trapeze. So he went with me and to the, the initial meeting and we talked about how they were going to put the wire back and, could he, you know, they said, well, if we're interested in hiring Gina, could you join us as a consultant and, and help us with, you know, talk about the rigging and, and safety. And so they hired him too, but I actually did not know. And, and in Stan's book, he talks about how I didn't know for two months that they had hired me because I had to go through a security background check. Yeah. I guess we are seeing... Lindsay, is this Lindsay? Yeah, Hi, Lindsay's Lindsay. back. She is. Yes. Good, good eye, Gina. Good Welcome evening. back. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Good eye. So, Lindsay, like, do you want to, what do you got to say? You wanna... Yeah, so I don't know if the questions have been asked, but I did have yeah, two questions. I'm great. Well, actually, can we, can we go back up a little bit? Because now that all four of you are here, can you introduce yourselves? <laughs> I don't think we, we kind of have to go back a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. Yeah. Whatever you would like. Yeah. Barry, you first. Barry, yeah. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite animal? I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> What do you well, like? <laughs> um, I like a lot of stuff, but I'm very personal. Um, let's see. I was born and raised in New York, lived the last 27 years in Nebraska, and just recently moved to North Carolina. So I am officially done moving to end states. So <laughs> I'll turn it over to Jeff. All right. Uh, my name is Jeff. I was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and and uh, moved around quite a bit. And and uh, I have a I love my my passion for Disney came when I had a little Labrador puppy. And well, my my uh, my great cousin actually before this, my great cousin was Pat Buttram, and uh, he uh, he was on Green Acres, and he had a voice like this. So I um, he's the evil sheriff of Nottingham and the in the um, Robin Hood like Disney version. And so I just grew up doing voices and. Found, just, I'm a voice guy. I love doing voices. Gorge. Oh, I love Goopy. You know, I love, I have a very bad Donald Duck. You know, I'm working on that one. Um, I love it. That's, yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's just me. I'm a, I'm a, I geek out about that stuff. And, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I just, I, I'm here because I just, I have a love for Disney voices. And yeah, I just I'm in North Carolina too. I just moved here. Yeah. Not 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 in Barry's house. I have my own house. <laughs> Tara. That's sad. All right. So <laughs> my name's Tara. I'm from New York as well. I grew up in Queens, lived in Long Island for a little while. Um, I am now Floridian. I live in Orlando. And um I love Disney. I've been going to Disney since I was two. So you can pretty much find me there every weekend. <laughs> no, yeah, it's an it's a, an obsession, <laughs> but that's why we're here on the podcast. So, 
Let's go, Lindsay. All right. Um, hi, my name is Lindsay Devine. I was born and raised in New Jersey. I first got my love for Disney World when my grandparents and my parents took me when I was six months old. And I have been visiting ever since about eight to 10 times a year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. impressive. So it, <laughs> I was like, I didn't know it was that much. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I just got back. We all have something in common here with North Carolina. I actually have a place in North Carolina. Ah, that, cool. That uh, an interest in the property, and, and I live there uh, in between my other job that we'll talk about later. Yeah. So yeah, I know North Carolina very well. Oh my god! In the kind of the surf city between Wilmington and Jacksonville. Oh, my dad lives in uh, Snead's Ferry. Yep, uh, right next door, Surf City. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in there. Yeah, but uh, Barry's in Raleigh, I think. Um, I'm I'm outside of Lewisburg. So How far is that from you? We're about an hour and a half from each other. That's not bad. No, Detroit. Yeah, it's a great state. It really is wonderful. Yeah. I, it's I, too much I, rain to go it. anywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> That's Florida every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So the other commonality we have is my parents were from Queens and Long Island. Yeah, but I, I was I was born in California. Okay. Where were your parents? Where in Queens and Long Island? Do you remember? I have. I'm not really sure. Right. I went to. I went to New York with my mother one time, and uh, it's many, many years ago. And she didn't really explain it, but she right. did. We were on a train, and she did show it to me by finger, <laughs> so, <laughs> with a lot of brick houses. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of them there. <laughs> my dad went uh, to San Diego he, with the Navy. Wow. So he ended up in San Diego. That's so. Regina. We're neighbors, you know. You know, we we uh, let's not let let the line go slack. You know, like if uh, if you're ever out here in the North Carolina area, keep in touch. We'd love to love to to meet you, like in person, hang out. And yeah, that'd be great. Well, that's on our podcast. Where you're a friend, you're a friend. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm not moving to anywhere in states. You know, maybe an F state later in maybe. life. But, but I always feel like anyone that is on our podcast, I'm like, I there's all already like how how many opportunities do you get to like really, really just get to know somebody, their life story? You know, not many. Like I don't I don't go to a random coffee shop and be like, hey, can I can I talk to you for you know an hour or two and, and get to know there there's an intimacy and just a a, a great space after these kind of conversations you have with someone so so you know gina i hope i hope you feel like you're among friends you know yeah i think that the disney nerds um <laughs> i basically called joshua my disney nerd so right. yeah he's all about that and he brought me into your world with all the nerds and so i feel a part of it and I, of course i've always been a, a bit off myself so <laughs> i think uh, i feel, I feel a part of nothing wrong with that <laughs> yeah. we we live off off right yeah and I, th I think one of the big big things is that um you know we went we were supposed to have an interview with josh a couple of weeks ago but his work schedule kind of got uh messed up and Actually, it was last week because it was supposed to be him and then you. But, um, but I, Josh has said nothing but great things about you, and 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 I'm so glad that we 
were able to talk to you because I think a lot of people, um, you know, for, for me, example, uh, going to Walt Disney World and seeing the nighttime show and seeing Tinkerbell going across from the castle uh, to uh, Tomorrowland. Um, so let me, let me ask you, Gina, about that. So when, so you said you used to do during the day. So what, what, what kind of show was going on during that time when you would, uh, when you would do it? Because I would be absolutely, I'm afraid of heights and it, it, it just, it just weirds me out seeing her going across even at Walt Disney World. So, yeah. so what, what, what kind of, uh, what kind of show was going on when you were doing your, um, when you were doing your acrobatics? So actually the only time I flew in the day was I think two or three different days where they sent sandbags down to test uh, the weight and how fast it was going so they could calibrate the trolley. So we only performed in the, we didn't perform in the day. I just basically, I think that the park was shut down at the time. I, okay. We were, it was in the morning before it even opened. I think it was early, but I just remember there was no people in there, of course. And they were sending sandbags down and then I was following that. So that was the only time I really flew in the day. Otherwise it was always at, at night, but it was, it was something to stand up there. I and bet. See the, see the height. Oh yeah. So I mean, what was the what was the nighttime show that that was going on when you were doing that? So the firework. I was part of the fireworks show. So the fireworks would go off uh, right around nine twenty-five, and the fireworks would start, and they have a little intro, and you know, if you could wish, if you wish hard enough, you'll see Tinkerbell appear. And so I was part of that show. So people thought that the fireworks were close to me. They were pretty far, actually. It's, so. it's, it's funny. I went bungee jumping one time, and I looked at the guy. Like, I looked down, and I was mm. like, well, that's scary. Yeah. I, I was dating a girl that I wanted to really impress, so I was, like, not not going to do it. Like, I have to, <laughs> I have to do this thing. Um, but I looked at the guy before I did. I'm like, I know I'm going to do this. I'm going to push through whatever is in my head but i looked down it was like wow that's really really that's this is scary and this is really <laughs> this is far and i looked at him and you know what i asked i said i want to know in your experience <laughs> and the guy that was conducting the bungee jump i'm like guy to girl ratio how many more guys chicken out like because I, I wasn't going to chicken out, but I wanted to know because I wanted to chicken out. I wasn't going to do it. But if, <laughs> if I wasn't really wanting to impress my date, I probably, maybe I would have. I don't. <laughs> but I asked him because it was so fascinating to me. I was like, I, I asked him, you know, how many guys compared to girls chicken out? Like, oh, the guys all the time. Yeah. Same with yeah. Tattoo <laughs> I asked a tattoo artist, like, who's the most, um, who's the one that, that, oh, don't, chickens out either on a tattoo or just cries belly aches through the entire time <laughs> a guy or a girl a guy a man or a woman and they're like oh yes yeah, it's, the, it's the men they do it all they either chicken out or they just it's like they have a cold and they're like oh, i'm just saying uh, my world's the man flu yeah the man flu you know <laughs> it's sort of like so i you know going back to that experience of like looking you look you're at your tinkerbell like you're looking down and um I sort of, I sort of get that fear, 
you know, it's it's a very um, primal, like, oh my goodness, this is scary. And, but I think what's, I, I do think what is, should be celebrated is that courage to say, I don't know if you've ever, you know, maybe to push through that, to push through that. And, and I think that's something that, you know, man or woman, I think it is, it is something that we all need in life, which is like, sometimes life takes us to these places where you look down and you're like, oh my goodness, this is scary, <laughs> you know? And, um, and, and I think, I think the beauty of, you know, your story and, and being Tinkerbell and all that was it, certainly that you have courage and there's a lot of courage that you had to, to look and be like, yeah, I know this is scary, but boy, you did it anyways. Well, I was testing myself as well. I mean, I was never a hundred percent comfortable on the trapeze. Right. It wasn't something where I didn't go up there every day and go, Oh my God. You know, it was hard. It was a very, very difficult task to, to fly on a, on a trapeze. And so I believe that that allowed me to do what I did. Right. But like I said, it's uh, every night for me was a challenge and I wanted it to go well and wanted to be in character and good form. And I, I don't know if you've heard some of the stories I've told, but I raised my children in the park. Um, I, when they turned uh, six and seven, I was bringing them to work with me all the time, three times a week, and with sitter. And they used to watch me fly, and they'd say, "Hey, look at my mom; she's flying." And people would go and try to get an autograph from me. Oh. <laughs> like, what do you mean that's your mom? <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun because I would do things with my wand mm. that only they would know about, and uh, oh. yeah, it was very special to raise my children in the park my daughter went the other day just not even a week ago she was there um so here's here's the crazy part i have not been back since 2005 okay not. i'm not judging there's no judgment here oh yeah it's wow. it, you know people ask you know i've always wanted to see the new show and I, I i don't know if you guys have some background on what i do now but i've traveled to 41 states in 18 years uh, with the job I have now. So I'm never around. Well, for our listeners, uh, Gina, what, what do you do now? Yeah. So when I went back to college, I started, uh, I headed back to sociology, which I had an interest in. My mom put me into the charity world and uh, I was working on hotlines with her and working with, um, hospice people and, you know, helping folks and candy striping when I was younger. And it was a part of me, a part of my life. And my mom pulled me into that world. And I knew that I wanted to head in that direction. Yeah. So I met someone who had been inspecting homes during floods and hurricanes and tornadoes and said, hey, when you when you retire from your flying job, what do you think about this? And I said, are you kidding? I'd do it in a second. Yeah. So long story short, you know, I'm, it's 2005, I'm retiring, I'm in college. I'm in a, I think I had just finished my last show and I was wearing those pagers. And you know how those beepers you had? Oh, yeah. so, I remember those. 
Yeah, so I got beeped to go to Hurricane Katrina. I had been, uh, I had already been trained to inspect these homes, and that was my first job. Wow. I never stopped. I'm still, you know, and I'm going to mention this now. I, I like for historical uh, situations and for mm-hmm. my children later. Mm-hmm. So I have been, had the honor of joining Hawaii State, serving the survivors of Lahaina, Maui, Lahaina that's fires. Right. And really- that's what I have been doing since August. And it's just, it's wow. just heart wrenching. And right. what a wonderful job and, tr- and helping folks and see them go through the process to rebuild. And this is a big part of who I am. It's amazing. That's, it's very rewarding and just, you know, to help people in need. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful occupation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I never I stopped you, from the day I started. So. Yeah, you could have two routes in life. You can live your life, like, just building up your empire. Yeah. Just trying to, like, you know, win at life and just trying to, you know, achieve success. And it's all about you. Or, or like, life is short, you know, or and you can you can spend it making the world a better place, helping people. Um, all that stuff. So that's that these kind of I love, you know, story shapes life. Well, that's you know, Gina, that's kind of story is I think beautiful because I it's do. yeah, you know, because it's it's the kind of it's that kind of story that inspires other people to to it's not just about oh well I've I've done this and I've I've done this and I was part of Disney and I you know I had this yeah, you have a very historical place in Disney, but but you didn't just stay there. Like you, 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 you're moving beyond that in your life, and you're doing great things. And I think that's that's the kind of stories I think we want here. Well, I I brought the magic to the children, and I mm-hmm. continued with that in my in my disaster recovery job. I don't know if you've been on my website. I started. Um, I produced a book. I started collecting sketch pictures. The children drew me of their homes and what happened to them. And I put it together as a book, Disaster Art Therapy. And I collected over 280 pictures from children that were affected by disasters. So they were brought into the recovery process. The children oftentimes are set aside because the parents are devastated of the loss and they forget that the children are greatly affected. So, yeah. It just came to mind one day to make them part of the process, and I think that that carries over from my Tinkerbell days. And you and you do other great things too. And Tara has a burning question that she wants okay. to ask. You do some <laughs> other um, good stuff. Yes. So I saw that you were writing. A, I mean, I I saw you were writing another book, the uh, comedy diet book. <laughs> yes. And I'm very interested to know <laughs> what is all about. The comedy diet because I need that. <laughs> Whatever that so, is. I love comedy. Yeah. I need yeah, I love both. I needed to die and yeah. love to I love funny things. So <laughs> yeah. I, I so mean, you know, as, like all like all athletes, and I consider myself an athlete. Right. Because anybody who can fly on a trapeze and have that much strength might as well be an athlete, even though I didn't play a sport. So I always define myself as a retired athlete. 
And most great athletes, what they end up doing is becoming personal trainers. And of course, with, you know, you have to be able to listen to your body and know how it's mechanically going to work each and every day. And what can you do to make sure that it's in shape and in tune, kind of like a musical instrument. You know, when I wrote my book, I came up with that analogy. The body is very much like a musical instrument. If one string is off, you're not going to have that thought process or you're not going to have a good day. You're not going to write a good paper. You're not going to, you know, have that effective day at college. So my message in my book, which I have, that's a long story. I, I blame Joshua for not finishing it but, um, <laughs> because he told me I had put some, some things in the book where I took some articles off Google. And he said, well, Gina, you're going to have to, you can't just cite it like a college paper. You can't, you're going to have to get permission to put this in your book. So long story short, I've written like 180 pages and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay. I've got like 30 pictures in there <laughs> and definitions of things I want people to know about because I want to discuss. And he says, you can't do that. So I just like crashed and burned. And like, what do you mean? So long, I love comedy. So I decided to take people through the diet world through cartoons. Mm. And the guy who used to catch me on the trapeze is an artist, a graphic artist. And so he made the characters for me. And I made all these crazy characters like fat cells and what they looked like. And that's what my book takes you on a journey for 14 days and how to use visuals and what's going to happen to the fat cell if you eat the wrong thing. Mm. So basically, that's the gist of it. Um, I've been writing it for years, but then I got stalled and I take it out and I mess with it. And, you know, I need an editor and I need somebody who's funny and can write and will kind of get it. So... Yeah, I mean, I got stalled on that book. Um, and then, of course, then he said, well, you know, you are going to write your memoir, right? Oh, okay, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. Yeah. So I know everybody talks about that. And, of course, my journeys would be really interesting. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. But I found, even though I've written quite a few pages, um. I found that talking about yourself is very difficult. I, I think I could do it in a narration. Yeah. Kind of like when you see a story and you're sitting down at a table and right. someone down that journey of your path. Yeah. I see myself doing that, but mm. yet he wanted me to write it. He said, you're not old enough to give up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's, he's trying to get me to finish it and and uh, I got a good one it sounds like you got a good one in that sense yeah. it's like yeah he's he's memoir so shouldn't be like well my life's done okay it should be like all right my life is yeah i'm on this new chapter but it, here's here's it's to help other people get to a a, a an empower an empowering space you know and and yeah i mean it sounds like you're just full of life and vitality it sounds like you, you're you know it's i'm sure there's lots of people that want what you have 
that's a memoir is what well, I, you know, my, my message to anyone who's listening, if, if they're 10, 11, 12 years old, dreaming is absolutely free. And it's so wonderful because if you can dream and you have an imagination, then you can pretty much do whatever you want. And yeah. instead of going down that one path, you can take the whole fork like I have mm. and, and go out in branches. And, you know, I am much older now and I just don't stop. I just keep going yeah. and, and want to continue growing. And I'd like to head into the, the futuristic world because I, if I could go back, I'd become an astronaut because I have a fascination with everything NASA um, so yeah, if I could do it all over again, I'd head in that direction. I love it. I love it. Just such a good role model for people just to look up to. Yeah. It's amazing, amazing stories. Thank you for sharing everything with us. Yeah. yeah. I, I wrote that down. Dreaming is free and it is wonderful. And it is quoted by Gina Rock. I have it right here. No one else is going to take it. You're credited <laughs> for that because... <laughs> That, got you we got you yeah. that's yeah there you go so so gina i think some of these interviews just blow my mind this is another one because it's kind of <laughs> like you know you come into it thinking that you're gonna go down and jeff says this all the time you think you're going down one path and we go down six different paths and and it it never ends the same way but gina let me let me ask you so um you know, if you end up writing your memoirs, things like that, things like that. I, I, I think the big thing everyone needs to know is, you know, yeah, I did work for Disney, but I'm not Disney. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much more that has has gone in your life that, you know, you know, you see some people who've who've worked worked for Disney throughout the years and they retire and then they they rest on those laurels because hey i worked at disney you know shower your praises on me because i've done that mm -hmm. you on the other hand you you left disney and then you totally did a 360 and did something that you know is more mind-blowing than being tinkerbell so yeah. Yeah. for for me and this podcast major kudos for that because it you know it it's not many times we get people on here that say hey I was Tinkerbell. Yeah. So look what I'm doing now. Yeah. We're not here to talk about Tinkerbell. We're here to talk about you and you. And that's what's important to us. It's not about Tinkerbell. It's not about your time with Disney. It's, it's your life story and, and story shapes life. And, 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 you know, what, what you have accomplished and, and you being here is what, why we invited you here. And I just thank you so much for being vulnerable and like sharing your story. I think it's just beautiful and wonderful. It's, it's, it's inspiring. Really. Well, I appreciate you uh, inviting me. I had not, I did not create too many podcasts this year. So I was really looking forward to, yeah. to this conversation. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, yeah, our pleasure. Now, Gina, and before, yes. Wait, and before we go, we got to make sure Lindsay asks a question. Yeah, so I know. Lindsay, <laughs> please, you. by all means, <laughs> ask Lindsay. a question because I will feel so bad. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a spinoff from earlier when I guess I was lagging. Um, I wanted to know what happened 
if you had to take a day off or you were sick, did you have a backup, Tinkerbell? I did it, you know, the whole time, the whole summer. So from June to September 9th, June 9th to September 9th, I flew every day. But then when I was approached by Stan Fries and he said, you know, do you know anybody, another aerialist that might be good at this, that, you know, can be your backup? So my ex-sister-in-law, she was trapeze artist. And, you know, she was had the stature. She was um, small and petite. And so I invited her to come in. And she ended up being the other Tinkerbell. So, yeah, I mean, I, I ended up with them. Um, yeah. And then I had one more other question. Did you ever apply to any other jobs in with Disney while you were in your career? I actually did. Um, I owned a talent agency for many, many years, and I booked variety talent and comedians and bands and circus folks. Oh, wow. And um, so Disney found out that I had started this talent agency with mostly variety performers, and they said, called me up and said, Gina, why aren't you booking talent for us? And went, well, <laughs> you haven't asked. I said, <laughs> he said, well, we have a lot of corporate events where we can use, really use these variety entertainers. Yeah. So I ended up, I had a, many contracts nice. booking talent. So when Indiana Jones opened, I booked all the fire, uh, the fire eaters, sword swallowers, Oh my Road God. walkers, um, wow. that whole scene, I, I booked all those entertainers. Wow. And uh, Robin Williams had, for his second Aladdin film, I booked a big corporate event with all these 30 different variety acts. Wow. So, yeah. That's awesome. And, yeah. yeah. Just another another offshoot. Stay <laughs> <laughs> at the office for Gina. You're like, <laughs> she, she she just walks in there. It's like, yeah, I think I'll try this today. It's so good. <laughs> so, Gina, yeah. I I have I, I have one question before you before I turn it over to Tara. Um, okay, so some people may know, some people may not know that uh, Margaret Kelly was the actual. Um, <clears throat> actual person they used to draw uh tinkerbell and i have did you ever had a chance to meet her well actually i've asked joshua several times i've read margaret carey's book and i so it would help me write my memoir and it was wonderful so i never had a chance to meet her i know that she's in her 90s she's still signing autographs but I have asked Joshua several times, and when you get him on a podcast, please corner him. Yes. And say, why have you not introduced Gina to Margaret Carey? All right, because Barry, I'm we got to get we got to get her on our podcast, and then we'll get. We'll there you go. I, I, Gina, Gina, yeah. don't worry. I think I think it'd be a lot quicker to get Joshua on than Margaret because I've been trying for a year to get her on. But uh, Tara, go ahead. Yeah, so I just wanted to know um, before we sign off, if um, our listeners, if we could just find, if you could just plug in your websites and your socials, just so everyone listening knows where they can find you and find out all the awesome things you've done. Yeah, um, definitely go to flyingtinkerbell.org. And what I'd like to, to put into this um, promo here is I just... Uh, put together a, a readiness preparedness backpack for children 
and it has the photo of Disneyland that I took on my last night of flying on the backpack. Oh. And I'm promoting it because I Joshua just had them made. I came up with the design. And they're backpacks for children to get themselves ready for any type of disaster and have it in their room. Wow. So, yes, it's on my website. It's being advertised. I don't want to cry on this podcast. I know. Oh, <laughs> no, but that's so sweet. Oh, and that so is wonderful. Thoughtful. I know. So amazing. You only live once, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh. you, rock. you rock. And remember, dreaming is free and it, it is wonderful. And that's a quote from Gina Rock, everyone. So, yes. Yeah. Please follow Gina Rock. She's amazing. Thank you. How happy right. this was fun. Fun to have you here, Barry. You want to? Yep. Gina, like we want to respect your time. Let's let's yes. uh, let's take you out. If it's all right. right. We want to go ahead and thank our guest Gina for joining us tonight, and. We want to thank you all for tuning into another episode of Sharing the Magic. As always, please hit that follow button to stay up to date on the latest episodes. And please tell your friends to tune in wherever they listen to great podcasts like this one. You can also find us on all social media at Sharing the Magic Pod. And until next time, keep sharing the magic. <laughs>